0: Hello and welcome to a brand new series of Take On Tomorrow, the podcast from PwC's management publication, Strategy and Business. I'm Lizzie O'Leary, a journalist in New York. And I'm Aisha Hazarika, a
1: writer and broadcaster based in London. To kick
0: off the series, we're doing things a bit differently. Take On Tomorrow will be bringing our listeners to New York and Climate Week 2023, But first, let's take a quick look ahead at what else is coming up in the rest of series two of Take On Tomorrow. We'll be talking
1: about AI, skills, climate and many other areas where business can play an important role in helping solve the biggest challenges facing society. I had a really inspiring conversation with LinkedIn VP Anish Raman.
2: The labor market has always been broken if you judge it by how effectively it has matched talent and opportunity. So that's where skills-based hiring comes in. I would think about skills-based hiring as transparency. What is a transparent way for me to know if I have the skills that this employer needs or for the employer to know if I have the skills that this job needs?
0: And I interviewed Google's chief privacy officer, Keith Enright, about a huge topic right now, generative AI.
2: Any
1: forward progress in technology involves some rational assumption of risk, and the way Google is thinking about that is okay. How do we proceed both boldly and responsibly? Because the promise of these technologies is just so overwhelming. We'll also be talking about nature. I spoke recently with Johan Rockstrom, director of the Podstum Institute for Climate Impact Research, about why businesses should become nature positive.
0: You can no longer separate the ecological crisis, from the climate crisis, from the social, economic and geopolitical crisis in the world. So whether you like it or not, you have to keep many balls in the air at the same time, period.
1: But for this special episode, Take On Tomorrow will be on the ground at
0: the largest climate conference of its kind. That's right. PwC's Sarah Von Fisher is at Climate Week for us and is going to talk to her colleague Will Jackson Moore about what he's hearing as he participates in Climate Week, as well as uncover some of the challenges and opportunities for businesses that get it right. Crucial
1: issues that have never been more urgent. Over to Sarah.
3: Hello, I'm Sarah Von Fisher from PwC. And this is a special live recording of Take On Tomorrow. I'm joined now by PwC's Will Jackson-Moore, our global sustainability leader. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Pleased to be here, Sarah.
3: So Will, I want to start off with with a question about, you know, what it's been like to be here at Climate Week. What's the feeling on the ground here?
2: I think if I I compare the kind of feeling on the ground to maybe last year is a recognition still that we absolutely aren't moving fast enough and we need to accelerate. maybe some glimmers of hope as well. Um, I'm, I'm hearing particularly in the renewable energy space, just the pace of acceleration of deployment of renewable energy solutions around the world um, is, is going probably faster than people thought. So that's kind of part of that curve. And I think we often overestimate the initial pace of change and underestimate the medium-term pace of change. And I think we're starting to, uh, to see that now. Um, but as I said, uh, we, are, we are reaching some of those kind of vital tipping points. I think 1.5 uh, is, is, is gonna be super challenging unless we really, really move, uh, move quickly. Um, and, and the other takeaway is kind of the conversations around technology, some really interesting discussions there.
3: Yeah, and, and the theme this year from Climate Group is we can, we will, which sounds you know, really optimistic, but is that what you've been hearing as you've been in sessions and, and talking with people here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that really reflects the we can, uh, f- for me, is a lot of the technology that we need to do uh, to implement is already there, particularly on renewables. Uh, and this is the kind of no-brainer move. We need to really, really push hard on renewables around the world, which is a combination of providers of finance, the energy companies, uh, the regulators, the utilities, all working together to get those renewables deployed quickly um, as we approach and uh, come up with concepts to deal with the hard to obey um, areas. I mean, combined with, uh, we need to do a lot around the energy demand side. Um, If you think about a lot of the conversations we have, it's typically supply side. How do we decarbonize electricity supply and energy supply? You hear a lot less discussion around, how do we use energy more efficiently? Um, and so I am hearing more around that energy demand management, which is absolutely crucial for us.
3: Yeah, and we'll talk about that a bit more, but you know, the other half of the slogan is we will, and so that's sort of the actions to be taken. The
2: people in this room, they, they will. It, it's the people who aren't in the room, which is the, the, the challenge, uh, because I say there are some solutions Uh, And we need to drive, drive change. I think we we are the catalyst of change. We're the lucky ones who come to hear the really high quality speakers, uh, but we've got to go and disseminate that and drive action in our, not just our work environment. I think the whole kind of ecosystem that we live in.
3: I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, regulation. We've had this conversation before that, that maybe, you know, large corporations actually want more regulations. Tell us more about that. And maybe when it comes to climate, is that something that you're hearing as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a highly unusual situation where you hear big corporations saying, we would like to see more regulation. Um, I think they are kind of quite measured in what they say about whether they would like additional regulation, but it's specifically around climate. And I think the reason for that is uh, the corporates who are here are generally the front runners. They, they get this, they're, they're ahead of the regulation, they're ahead of government. Uh, they are really wanting to drive ch- change not only through their, their own organisations, but they're kind of the, the more challenging scope three emissions in their supply chains. Um, and th- they're doing it uh, often at a cost disadvantage to their, to their rivals who aren't here in the room, uh, and therefore they see regulation as a way of driving change more quickly, but they aren't just being entirely altruistic. It gives them a competitive advantage because they're already ahead of it.
3: All right. Well, I want to um, talk a little bit about a roundtable that you co-hosted, and it's called How to Navigate the Messy Middle to Accelerate Decarbonization Today. And it's kind of an interesting concept, this messy middle. It maybe means different things to different people about how you think of it, but what would you say the messy middle is? And tell us a little bit about that discussion.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's a few different ways to interpret it. I mean, what one lens for me is the fact that uh, in terms of the climate agenda, Historically, it's, it's kind of been either a CEO conversation because they're in, uh, responsible for kind of medium-term strategy or a, a chief sustainability officer kind of responsibility because that's kind of uh, in their job description. Um, however, uh, what's happening now is it's moving right across the C-suite because in order to drive change, the whole organisation has got to be um, uh, bought into it. And that kind of messy middle between this, the chief exec and the, and the chief sustainability officer is a big area of focus, and it's really driving a change for the role of the Chief Sustainability Officer. They're no longer seen as the person who's kind of like responsible for it. Their job is now to basically educate the whole C-suite and their teams in order to drive change and support those C-suite members in driving the change down their own kind of sub-organisations, because it's great that you get, say, a Chief Operating Officer brought in, They've got to get all their plant managers and their line managers and their supply chain uh, as well. And that's kind of this, for me, this concept of the mess- messy middle um, uh, brings, it, brings it together. And during
3: that panel discussion, were there any key takeaways that you got? Did other people feel like they were caught too, maybe in, in the messy middle at this point?
2: The big takeaway was uh, demand side. A lot of the conversations we hear about supply side, it's about renewables, uh, replacing fossil fuels. The, the best uh, um, uh, decarbonisation is not to use energy in the first place, um, and that efficiency is a huge opportunity. Many, many organisations are easily going to save 10, 20, 30 percent of their energy just by using existing uh, systems, technologies more efficiently. That's before you then get to the kind of light capex um, opportunities to reduce, uh, and then beyond that, the kind of harder to abate, which does require some more significant capex. So that kind of three tier approach. Uh, really resonated for me in the discussion.
3: What's keeping companies maybe stuck from, from doing that, or why aren't they able to do that more easily?
2: Yeah. There's lots of excuses, but basically there is no good reason why companies cannot be more energy efficient. Uh, it's typically because it isn't high up the agenda. Uh, people are usually more interested in launching new products, building new factories, moving into new markets. Kind of Energy efficiency is not seen as particularly sexy. You took to mo- most COOs, they all have energy reduction plans uh, kind of on the, in the cupboard on the drawing board, they just haven't been implemented. Um, one of the things that came out of the discussion is should large energy users have a chief energy officer whose job is to drive energy efficiency? Uh, there's some pluses and minuses to that, but I think it's a really interesting debate to have with uh, big organizations.
3: And I think that it, it actually does make business sense to do it, right? I mean, it, it, it can be a, a cost savings or even making money.
2: Uh, cost out is carbon out. Uh, the, the less energy you use, it, it improves your profitability, uh, improves your CO2 footprint. Uh, but we had an example from one large corporate who'd entered into some... Uh, virtual uh, power agreements, uh, and they were making millions of dollars a year uh, through uh, putting in place those clean energy uh, schemes. So yeah, no, it's, uh, it absolutely doesn't need to be its profit or its decarbonization. The most sophisticated organizations are driving both in parallel.
3: We've talk- touched on it a little bit, but what about the opportunities for business businesses that get it right the ones that make those bolder moves a little bit earlier
2: that ties into this kind of whole debate around whether uh, management teams who focus on this are meeting their fiduciary duties of driving profitability um i mean for me the the two things are 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 not divorced you don't have a value plan over here and a sustainability plan over here the two are inextricably linked you have a, a strategy a business plan a value creation plan that is sustainable, creating sustainable value. I mean, I think any uh, asset manager, management team who isn't looking out 10, 15 years and seeing big climate risks, big energy risks. uh, And if they're not addressing that, really are they creating um, value for their uh, stakeholders?
3: And do you think that's something that businesses are realizing a little bit more now? I mean, maybe this um, climate week compared to past
2: years? Absolutely, they are. Are enough of them recognizing it and and enough of them moving quickly enough? No, but absolutely, it's going higher and higher up uh, the business agenda. And uh, I think it's going up everybody's agenda. I mean, you, you, you cannot have looked at the news this last six months and not thought, something's happening to our climate. I mean, the number of disasters, fires, floods, the planet is saying something to us and we need to act.
3: So tell me a little bit about some of the new technologies that are maybe moving things along.
2: Yeah, I know I mean, technology has a vital role to play um, and I think what you're starting to see is s- some of the technologies around renewables, batteries, mobility, um, they're starting to get more mature now. So they're kind of moving out of the venture capital phase, more into the growth and the ma- mainstream investment phase. Uh, yes, there'll always be a uh, big investment into battery technology to drive efficiency and so on. So it's not like it's, it's, it's done. But what I mean is, as, as a concept, uh, people are kind of understanding that more now. Um, and I think that allows them more investment into those really harder to obey areas. Kind of, uh, We're starting to see green steel investment. We're starting to see technologies around cement, for example. Um, I think the next wave is going to really be into, into chemicals. Uh, chemicals very kind of dependent on the hydrocarbon chains. But the more that we challenge uh, people to come up with chemical solutions... Uh, that aren't as dependent on hydrocarbons, I think it's is, is, is got to be the ne- next kind of frontier.
3: What's your summary of what you, you will be thinking about as you wrap up here and, and go to your daily life and your daily job?
2: I'll go away um, with a degree of optimism around uh, the acceleration in uh, clean energy. Um, so that, for me, is uh, probably the biggest positive.
3: All right. Well, thank you so much, Will, for joining us here on Take On Tomorrow. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. And that's it for this special episode of Take On Tomorrow, recorded live at Climate Week here in New York. Join us next time when we'll be asking leading earth scientist Johan Rockstrom why should every business be nature positive?
0: So, my advice would be for business leaders don't get too bogged down by that headwind. There's a stronger tailwind. The tailwind is today so strong that the headwind should just be seen as you know, when you're out cycling and you're cycling really well, you always have a bit of wind in your face but you're making speed. And I think that's the question now. Keep the speed. Take On Tomorrow is brought to you by PwC's Strategy and Business. PwC refers to the PwC network and or one or more of its member firms, each of which is a separate legal entity.